This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my Let's Keep It Real people. Come on. How many of you have reached out to me and said, bring somebody on to talk about making human connections? Some of you, you seem like you got it together and you got it going on, but so many times you say, I really am lonely, Sandy. So we found Chris Miller. Chris Miller directs Capture Connection Studios, host Talk to the People podcast, and writes the Social Fitness Lab. Wait, oh, I didn't know this. He graduated from Wake Forest University with a master's in communication and worked in the tech world before starting a media studio. He is passionate about communicating with young adults, the importance of relationships, conversations, and community. Yay, Chris. Welcome. Thank you. That was awesome. Welcome, Sandy. I appreciate that. I like your intro. I like how you are figuring stuff out on the fly. Always. Always. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. How do I miss that? Let's it's called it is called Let's Keep It Real. You know, since yeah, you have right. a podcast and it's awesome, and we'll get into that later. We could just interview each other. No, no, no. No. It's all about you today. <laughs> well, you got to give me your word. What's one word? Yeah. Best describe your, you know, past 30 days and why'd you pick it? Curiosity. And the reason why is because I am learning from all of the people who have been on this podcast. It's like a, like you said, I have a master's degree, but I'm learning way more from talking to people for an hour and a half than I did in six years of college, which is a bit scary oh. for my university, but nice for the guests. Don't tell my son. Don't tell my son. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, no, college is great. College is great. We love college. It connected <laughs> me with my wife. I met my wife in grad school. So had I not gone to North Carolina, I would have never met Annie. Oh, I love that name, Annie. How long have you been married? We got married for July 2021. Oh, you're like newlyweds. <laughs> yeah, we're newlyweds. Yeah, we're rookies. So we have you got to- a dog, though. I saw a dog, right? We have a dog. We just bought a house. We're doing the whole American dream checklist right now. Ooh. Yeah. And what comes next? Just enjoy. There's nothing that comes next. Whatever. Just go with the flow, Chris. Just go with the flow. That's a good answer. I like that. All right. So we're going to back up here. We do have tons of questions. We won't get to them all, but I'll get to as many as possible. You can always reach out to Chris. But since you mentioned College Town, and mm -hmm. I have a freshman in college who is an mm -hmm. art major. And wow. we may say that he's a bit more introverted. Let's just go with that. Okay? Yeah. I have tons of questions from his from his gang, his peeps, who will, will remain anonymous. We'll all call him Billy Bob and Sally. Because when I was dropping him off to school, and it's only a 45-minute commute, a lot of times I hang out with the kids. I want to hear what they have to say. I learned so much. And what I found is, even for the ones that look like, oh, I'll talk to anyone, unless yeah. they came there and knew people, they still feel it's clicky. 
Like yeah. they don't know how to break that click. They go, Chris, can he help us? <laughs> For example, my son, my son hit the mother load. They mm. ran out of rooms. So he ended up getting like, we're talking an apartment. It's massive. He's got his own bedroom. He's got a living space. He's got a full kitchen, everything. Mm. Cause they ran out of rooms and he's got a roommate who has his own room and all that, but they're in a grad dorm yeah. freshman. So they come yeah. out and nobody's around to socialize. You know, if you're in a freshman dorm, we won't mm-hmm. talk about that because mm-hmm. I really wish he was. You come out and everyone's in the same boat. Well, these people all have their connections. So his roommate also more to himself and studying like five, five hours a night. They don't know what to do. And I mm-hmm. said, don't you worry. Maybe I'll get some ideas for you. Because yeah. he does try to put himself out there. Go to the coffee house. Go to the burger stand. Go. Yeah, no, that's hard. The, Isn't it hard? It's incredibly hard. So one of the ways I got interested in this was I was an RA for three years. No, you weren't. Yeah, I got to work. That so was my husband. Room. He was an RA. So I never went to the college parties. I was the guy who was like, hey, no parties. And I oh. ended up okay. I turned out all right. But And you all- met people. They had to come to you. That's ingenious. Yes. And I was like inevitably a circle of influence because people needed to discuss things with me but we always talked about for housing leadership the six-week challenge and college students if they leave college they're most likely to leave within the first six weeks of their freshman year and the big reason why is because a lack of connection and a lack of relationships so that is a bummer that you know, he wasn't able to be in the freshman. It's nice that he has all of his space and I'm sure. I know, that, but it's lonely. But it's lonely, right. And at what cost? So being in the freshman dorms, the biggest benefit you get is having all the people around you. But young adults are having a really hard time because once you leave, did he leave the state for college? No, see, that's the thing. He, he It's about a 45 minute commute from here. Okay, yeah. He's in so, Pennsylvania. So he's still separated, and a lot of his friends have left. Oh, nobody's around. Yeah, nobody's around. Yeah, so what he has to do is essentially rebuild. I had this social psychologist on who's from Israel. He teaches at University of Kansas 10 minutes away from me. Oh. In Israel, the commonality is that you don't really leave your family. It's not like you turn 18, you're gone. Like, you're chilling, and even whenever you get married, you all... Once your grandparents are older, you know, they move in and it's very collective. But he talked about this concept called relational disposability. And what it looks like is people viewing relationships as replaceable, quickly replaceable. Think about like an ink pen. Whenever it runs out of ink, we toss it out because we can get a new one. And oftentimes people think of relationships that way. They think, oh, well, I'm going to move. I can just quickly replace all these relationships. But then once we get there, we recognize, oh, it's actually a lot harder. And we undervalued what we were getting from all these relationships. And we're put in a sticky spot. But students, college freshmen, I my heart goes out to them. And you're totally on the money by telling him, go to the coffee shop, go to certain yeah. things. The, the social infrastructure of a university is definitely a benefit because mm. the university, like for the University of Kansas, they're psychology 
psychology center, like student counseling, that's mm-hmm. at an all time high right now. And yeah. the big oh, thing I know. is loneliness. The biggest yeah. thing is anxiety due to a lack of connection. So universities are going to have to pivot and make a better social regimen and routine for these students. That way it's not going to class, then going home, then the dining hall, then maybe being on TikTok for a few hours, then Xbox Live. Like we need to be in person having meaningful interaction. So you, you like you're doing, you got to get on them for that. And yeah. his friends yeah. are going to have to do the same. Well, you know what? You, I have a big star here, Chris. Mm-hmm. Talk to him about getting out and going in freshman dorm. <laughs> it's maybe not worth the room size i mean he could fit 100 people in his room i'm not kidding you at what cost is always the question because if you have the space you can host parties and host gatherings but you won't be able to host gatherings if you don't know anybody to invite over so and grad students have their own gig you know they're all walk yeah Right. Grad school and undergrad is two different things. You go to graduate school if you want to specialize and more than likely you're taking classes that you're interested in, which means you're not thinking about like freshman year, more than likely you don't know what you're going to do. I didn't know what I was going to do. Maybe you knew, Sandy, but I know I didn't. So I had to figure that out. And yeah, yeah, we do it socially. Okay. When did you graduate college, undergrad? 2013 or 2017. Sorry. 2017. And when you said you went to grad school then? I went to grad school 2019. And then I got supply chain logistics company to 2020. And then I did healthcare technology till 2023. So 2023 has been a completely new year for me. Yes, it has. And you've done a lot in a short period of time. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm I'm sure you can relate to this. So I'm trying to always, uh, my husband and I give him tips of how to talk to kids in class and you know just say hey what are you guys doing tonight? like find out what dorm they're in and, yeah, he just, yeah. and what blows my mind is he says to me kids don't do that anymore they just they go to the class and then they leave like you right. don't even say unless you already have that relationship formed you don't even say oh what are you guys up to tonight and i said it's so weird to me because i was that kid in college that everyone thought was weird, but I had a million friends. I would sit down next to you and say, hi, my name's Sandy. What's your yeah. name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone would be like, you can't do that. Why? And right. they, would, they would say, no, 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 that's not acceptable. You can't just sit next to people like a country. Hi, my name's Sandy. But guess what? I made a lot of friends. They thought it was goofy, but I made a lot of friends. Well, he's he said, first of all, no one ever does that, mom. Yeah. And what is it that they don't even want to say? So what dorm do you live in? Like, I, I don't understand because you don't just go up to someone and say, hey, so how's class going? Is that is that true? Or is he like? I think that it certainly is true for the majority of people. But I think he needs, to meet, he needs to meet a Sandy. He needs to meet <laughs> a college freshman Sandy who's going to do that for him and talk. Yes. And that's yeah. one of the things that I look into a lot is with social connection. We have this concept of a social obligation. We are obligated to connect with the people around us. And it's not me giving you that obligation or it's not an obligation that's given to you by your parents. Mm. This is evolutionary biology. Our brains, our nervous system, our respiratory system, there's research showing 
babies, when they're left alone, it changes their breathing rate and their heart rate. So our bodies are wired to have people around us. So we are obligated. And if we don't pay our price, then we're going to, there's going to be a lot of taxes. Like it's not good. So we need to put ourselves out there. We need to talk to the people. And if we don't, it's one less person for the other people to talk to. So it's true. We don't want to put ourselves uncomfortable in places. Mm -hmm. Nobody does that. Nobody asks you about what dorm you're in. But the reason why is because there's friction. Tried. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> there's friction, though, because if I say, what dorm are you? And then you say, why are you asking me creep? Then I'm like, oh, gosh. Now, I guess I'm viewed as creepy, right? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Snap. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Why yeah. are you asking me what dorm I live in, Sandy? We're just classmates in math. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And But what you're saying. I want is, to stalk you. <laughs> right. And Hey, that's some type of social connection, right? I took this <laughs> class in college called the dark side of communication. And we looked at stalking and oh. how that is an example of a relationship, but it's a relationship that's one-sided right <laughs> have you ever had a stalker i've never had a stalker that i, I know of. for Tell 10 me about years it. someone stalked oh me. yeah that's a whole nother thing but anyhow um it was fun <laughs> have you discussed that on the podcast never i just okay. thought of that okay i never ever no i don't even out? know people know now they know all right so and I hadn't seen him in years. And then about four years ago, he was standing in line with his kid at my ice cream shop in my town. Oh, wow. Do you think that's coincidence? I'm going with that. Let's go with that. Chris. Right. Let's go with that. All right. So I got the college kids. I get how they create all this stuff in their heads. It's sad, but you're right. And I do know that the therapists and psychiatrists on campus, they can't handle the load. I did not know it was from a lot of loneliness. I did not yeah, realize that. The swamp. That's the chief complaint right now is I had all these friends in high school. I was on the college or the high school marching band on the basketball team. And now I'm in a new place that's supposed to be incredibly fun. Freshman year is supposed to be all these college parties, it's supposed to be eating all this food that people make for me, waking up whenever I want to wake up. And then you show up and you are a little tiny fish in a huge yeah. pond. You're sitting in a classroom with, depending on the size of the university, up to 300 kids in one of the general classes. And then class is over. And yeah. next class is the next morning. So like, what do you do with your time? This is yeah. something, before this, I did corporate like federal consulting with healthcare IT. And I was traveling every week and I'd get on the plane. It's a DOD contract. So I'd go to military bases Ooh, and that was yeah, fun. I'd fly in, I'd get the rental car. I'd go through the armed guards, show them all my ID and then work with the people involved with the clinic there. But then after that, I'd go to the Hilton garden Inn, and it's like, yeah. well, what's next? Like my community is in Lawrence, Kansas. That's where my wife is. My family's in Oklahoma. Like my friends are busy with their family and you find yourself from 5 p.m. to whatever time you go to sleep, figuring out what's next. And after a while, that's very draining. And yeah. college yeah. students do that, but it's with class and you're with the dorm 
and you have all these people around you, but you can't connect. It's a really weird thing. So, so, and I, and I was reading that about you and that you, you quit, Mm -hmm. but let's talk about you and your personality. Are Mm -hmm. you easily make connections? Are you on what side of the spectrum are you as introvert versus extrovert? I'm like you. I am the guy sitting down and everybody thinks they're weird because I smiled at you and like you and I would have hit it off. If yeah. you came up to me and you said, hey, what dorm you live in? I would have been like, oh, I live over here. What about you? <laughs> yeah. So that's me. I'm very people relationally oriented. And so you could go downstairs at the bar, the restaurant, just yip with people at the hotel or the brunch place. Yeah. Grapefruit. So <laughs> yeah. there, there was part of that. But one of the downsides of working with the U.S. military is they put U.S. military bases in. There's two like kind of requirements whenever you get a U.S. military base. You want it to be far away because either like if you're the Air Force, you know, you need runway, you need a lot of space, mm. then you need it to be cheap land. And what that entails is there's really not that many people around. And then oh, the other thing okay. is I traveled during COVID and I worked in oh. healthcare technology. Right. And it was, yeah. I had to work with actual like patient facing roles. So then I was on lockdown. So it was for someone who's really oriented, like you and myself, it was not the right combo. Um, no, no. It was the ego scratch. So I grew up with not that many resources. I was the youngest of four, but the first to get a high school degree, the first to go to graduate school, the first to move out, the first to live in a different state. So when I get approached with this offer to be a federal consultant and wear a suit every day and fly first class and talk with government officials and business leaders, I was like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Good money. And I I call it like the Harvard uh, effect. Like I wanted to be that Harvard kid. I wanted to showcase that golden boy attitude, but it wasn't worth it, right? And that didn't carry me that far. Okay, but that is a big leap into what you're doing now. So you're like, I had the ha moment that, okay, I need to start a communication company because I felt how sad and lonely I was. And I don't want anyone to feel like that again. Yeah. I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. Well, the leap is going from, okay, there's this really cool project I was a part of. And then they approached me and they said, Hey, we'd like to take you to a new client. Um, and we prefer you're there for eight weeks, including weekend coverage, AKA corporate speak, meaning don't travel home. And it was already a point where, like you said, Annie and I were newlyweds. And we were navigating marriage without seeing each other. And it wasn't working out. I would suggest for many people, if you get married, spend time around your spouse. That would be good. Yeah, yeah. that's a good. Especially at the beginning years, you know. <laughs> right. That's a good foundational step. So that's what we weren't doing. And what this eight week proposal gave me was an exciting opportunity but also a big threat like oh no more of this so that expedited my way out and i still did the official four weeks notice and i still did the um let's train your replacement all of that but once i left i didn't have a job immediately lined up i had interviews okay 
but one of the things that I wanted to do was create a podcast. I don't know what I wanted to create a podcast about, but what I knew was I had gone through this social hell and then I look into it and I hear these things of the loneliness epidemic, the gotcha. friendship recession, gotcha. the Surgeon General for the United States makes his priority. It could have been heart health. It could have been uh, long COVID. It could have been a lot of things that are really uh, relevant right now. And he says social yeah. connection. So hmm. the presidential appointed healthcare official says, this is our priority for the year. Like, okay, this is more than just me. So then transitioning to yeah. what could these conversations do to move the needle? And then it got to people contact me saying like, hey, I like what you're doing. Could you help my organization produce? And then that's how I get into the media studio. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I love it that it was out of passion and solving what you went through and the need for it. And you're you're right. Not that it wasn't a tough situation, but after COVID, I have a lot of friends that have a really tough time getting back out there. Even oh, this much. And then they hear it might be out there. They, they're they scared. I mean, and these are people that were out and about. But once they started hunkering down, it, it took a while, a beat for them to even think about doing all yeah. that working. The statistics are not the most encouraging with alone time with time with friends with gatherings hosted mm. they're all down and they were going down for the past four decades but what covid did was it sped it up a lot and yeah. we are having to respond to that and we see it like we were talking about education earlier like i talk with a lot of professors who now are at the point to where they're saying for some reason the students I've taught for 30 years. These students are performing worse than any other class I've had. And a lot of the pointers go towards the remote learning, not being able to be around people, lacking that socialization. Uh, don't get me wrong. There's still brilliant people out there. And I imagine yeah, sounds Yeah, I know. Like, I know. <laughs> yeah. But it's hard. And yeah. I think it's good to be aware of it. I think that was something we had maybe it's something that we had to do to get to the realization to know how important social connection is for our health and for our society. Well, did I, I don't think I dreamt this, but I remember maybe it was over in the UK at one of the supermarkets, there's specific lines for seniors. Mm. So they can talk to people. That's awesome. That makes sense. The UK has a minister of loneliness. I mean, Mm -hmm. Like the fact, because, you know, there's so many self-checks, mm -hmm. it became a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But not only that, you know how, I'm just saying you're in a hurry and there's uh, people that don't, are retired yeah. and they want to talk to the person at the cash register and you, you see yeah. the people go. Right, right, right. No, this is just, that's wackadoo that we have to do that. But yeah, the line is... You get to talk to the person and spend time chatting with them. And they said they saw significant difference in those seniors who just go into the grocery store having conversations. Is that wackadoo? That's crazy. It is wackadoo. And why do they have to do that? That's the question. Is I know. Why would, and why do 
food retail establishments have to be the ones fixing that. I mean, I think that's great. I love that they're doing that. But the fact of the matter is a lot of what we're recognizing now is because our society has changed a lot and those natural opportunities for connection are gone. Like Grubhub, cool. We get food delivered straight to our door. Amazon, yeah. Amazon is incredible. Telehealth is awesome. Social media is great. Zoom is cool. Like I can see your house. You can see my house, but I've never been there and you've never been here, but we still get to talk, which is cool. There's a lot of benefits, but. Yeah, but look at what's going on. Like our social like interaction levels. If you, the biggest way we spend our time is work. The second biggest way we spend our time is consuming media. Media being TV or it could be TikTok. Mm -hmm. I say media globally, and it's like down on the list is actually socializing with friends. And you mentioned like older adults, seniors, yeah. and you have the college students. It's typically kind of like a barbell whenever you look at high rates of loneliness. And in between, you have maybe the 30s, the 40s, and the 50s, and they get a lot of social fulfillment from family. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not that's not a bad thing. Like family is awesome and it's great to spend time with family, uh, romantic partner, kids. A lot of us get social fulfillment from that. But what we're seeing is once the kids move away, then it's really hard before you have yeah. kids. And it's really hard. And even when you do have kids, you want to get some time away with friends. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, tell me a little bit more about what you do at Capture Connection Studios. Mm-hmm. I want to hear the, like tell me your average day, week, like tell us, tell us. Yeah, so our business model is mainly to partner with local nonprofits, and our mission is to connect organizations or individuals with their desired audience. And just like with the Talk People podcast, we really encourage social connection with our studio we really encourage people to be connected with their clientele to be connected with the impacted communities but lately what we do is we work with local nonprofits mm-hmm. we produce audio and visual podcasts for them oh. and then they use those podcasts as sponsorship platforms to where they can get donors and corporate sponsors to sponsor an episode or sponsor a season that's what covers production costs and in excess of production costs, they get to keep. So what I like to say is I make podcasts so that nonprofits can do their job better and it doesn't cost them anything out of their operational budget. It just comes from donors donating to something that they've created. Gotcha. Win-win. I like it. Win-win. By the way, (laughs) I love your description of your podcast. <laughs> I actually like, I copied. So to be up front, what the podcast won't do, we won't fix loneliness. We won't depression. Right. And I like you said, now that might be lame. What the heck are we doing here? So tell us a little bit more about that. Cause I, I was cracking up. I love it. Yeah. I, I think it's intention. I, People ask me, how do I cure loneliness? And you don't. You can remediate it. You can address it. 
There's Dr. John Cassioppo, who is considered Dr. Loneliness because he was the first researcher to articulate the concept that loneliness is part of the human experience. Mm. It's just like thirst and it's just like hunger. And what it communicates to us is that something needs to change. So when you're lonely, that means you're feeling that you lack the social connection you need. It could be intimate loneliness. Maybe you need that romantic partner or that trusted confidant yeah. that you can share secrets with. Or social loneliness. Maybe you need friends. Or collective loneliness. Maybe you need to be a part of a church or a part of a group or a part of a network that's larger than yourself. Mm. But when you're feeling loneliness, it's a signal to you. So we don't want to get rid of the signal. We want to manage the psychological like pain. And if there's any psychological stress, like, okay, let's get you connected. Let's get your social battery to F. But we need to know when we need to plug our social battery back in. And a way that that's communicated to us is through loneliness. So I won't be able to cure loneliness. Same thing with depression. I won't yeah. be able to cure that anxiety, but we can talk about it. It's ingenious, by the way. But I do think just like everything, it's like, okay, just because you're joyful doesn't mean you're not going to be angry or sad or frustrated. All it is is yeah. being aware of when you are there and what can you do about it and how long do you want to stay stuck in there? Because I say the same thing. Like people say, oh, you're always so pippy drunk. I'm like, no, I'm not. Right. But the difference is, I don't deny when I feel that way. I'm right. very in tune, like, okay, I'm sad, I'm angry, feeling frustrated. And now what do I need? Like I always say to myself, what do I need right now? And it moves me through it quicker. Mm, that's you know, awesome. so I address it like, okay, yeah. I'm pissed off. All right. That's okay. It's a human emotion. What do I want to do about it? And if I'm really pissed, I'll sit with it and I won't, I won't do anything i won't react until i can get out of that feeling and mm -hmm. then i come from peace love and joy powerful but peace love and joy mm -hmm. so when i hear you say this it's the same thing it's okay to be lonely you know it's don't judge it to me it's like people feel unworthy you know they feel less than they don't want to admit it everyone feels lonely and that's okay and now yeah. you know now what can we do about it Mm -hmm. I, what can you do? my son and my husband are more introverted than me my son is very introverted so when COVID hit I'll never forget that he goes mom I mean because I was worried are you okay da, da, da. and he said mom I've been training for this my entire life yeah we're worried about you what right. are you gonna do hey that's valid and so I, it really did bother me. So I figured out ways to connect with people by, I was the bike girl in the neighborhood. I would be on my bike and I just would wave to it. They probably thought I was crazy. Cool. Hi, how are you? Right, how are you? Like, because that's the way I kept the connection because virtual, as much as I do podcasts and I've been doing them for 15 years and I love it. And I get to connect with people around the world. Right. I couldn't do a lot of virtual. Like right. I can't, you know, some people are meeting and meeting and meeting and meeting and meet. I can't no. I need to go. Even if you don't let me hug you, I need to see you in person. That's why I love that your podcast is in person. Now I'm not yeah. saying I don't love that because I get to see people I never would see. Right. You exactly. Know? Besides I do a, a show that is me in the streets. And I really like that because I need it. 
I was the person going to Whole Foods and Trader Joe's when they would let you. And I would just dance in the aisles. I needed to see people. I would go three times a day yeah. just to see people. Yeah. Because That's I awesome. needed that more. Yeah. So you have to know yourself, you know, because you that was not yourself. a good thing. For, but I figured a solution like, all right, now what? How can I do this and not have people get angry at me because of what I'll go during COVID? Like, all right. So there's, yeah. a way, you know? Yeah, we have different... I think about it like a social appetite, a social battery. They charge differently. They deplete differently. We don't get this. Like I say, you don't get the golden key to loneliness. You don't get the silver bullet. It's that self-awareness and being able to mm. acknowledge. And also it is being able to show up for all of the people around you because it takes a while to get to the point where you can read your social battery. like. You probably felt pretty weird uh, initially because I know for me, I had people straight up tell me to my face like, oh, you're so weird. When all I did was initiate a conversation and it wasn't yep. like a weird conversation, but what it did was it surpassed like the script that they had in their head where we just live next to each other and we never talk to one another. And to me, I'm like, oh, that's a bit weird, right? Like you're my neighbor. I'm going to at least get to know your name. So it takes us a while to be yeah. able to go like, oh, hey, you're just wired differently. Maybe you don't like people as much as I do, but genuinely, maybe you yeah. are not as socially driven and that's yeah. okay. But I always advocate for people to know their battery and then to make sure that they don't get to E because once we get to E, it gets lonely and it gets depressing and anxious. And then once we get to F, also to know whenever we pull, need to retreat because if yeah. we're socially exhausted and we keep talking, that's not going to help either. You know what you made me think of? What? I want to tell people to err on being weird because I was, you just reminded me of something. I think I stopped doing something subconsciously. So I have a favorite coffee house. And a few months ago, you know, there was some guy standing in line and he bought this weird type of coffee I never seen. And I start talking to him like, oh my God, where'd you, Ecuador, like, do you like that coffee? Is it, you know, is it sweet? What's it tainted with? And he said to me, I just want you to know, um, I'm married. Oh, <laughs> it's like, right. oh, uh, okay. you're like, how's your coffee though? And I go, Okay. And my smart, I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm married too. I love my husband. Right. I just wanted to know about your coffee. Well, I didn't yeah. mean to. Everybody broke out laughing. Yeah. Because I didn't really paint him in the nicest light here. But I mean, right, right. I really just wanted to know about the coffee. Mm -hmm. Why would he think I was trying to pick him up? And then I said, listen, I get. You're all that. I go, now that I look at you, you are really good looking dude. <laughs> That's hilarious. Find out about your coffee. And now I realize it. I haven't been striking up conversations if there's a guy in front of me in line. And I'm going to, that's right. ridiculous. Right. That is ridiculous because that one guy who was, had something going on and he immediately associated interaction from a stranger who, was a woman as flirtatious and it's like hold up how much social connection is that eliminating that fear 
of like, oh man, if I talk to you, then you may think that I'm being like, oh, I have a husband too now. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, but think about it. If you were single and you just wanted to talk to somebody, you don't, I, now it's making me think that's a horrible place. Like I just want to have a conversation and the person's going to think I'm picking them up. When you say I'm married, it, you know what I mean? It kind of, you know, yeah. closes that. Anyhow, no, All right. I think this is a great topic. And I think that social decorum and being niceties and politeness, it's really good. But I do think that there are instances where it backfires a ton. And I think that yeah. that's a really good instance. And yeah. that's a great topic, you know, because yes. you just want to be friendly. Like you're not even trying yeah. to pick the person up, but you're afraid the person's going to think you're picking them up, you know? Right. That shouldn't be. All right, let me just get, I got to, I got to make sure we're running out of time and I got so many questions. I just love you. I want to squeeze your cheeks. All right, here we go. <laughs> I got a lot of questions about networking. I won't come to Kansas and squeeze your cheeks. I promise. No, I want, I want you to come that way. I can get you on the podcast. Because <laughs> yeah. we only do in person. Anyhow, yeah. You would really good on a side note. And we're going to talk. I don't know if people know I'm doing a lot of workshops in high school and colleges, not about this, but on mental fitness. But yeah. this could be, a, you're making me think I should add one of these uh, components to one of my weeks and deal you with should. Them. My yeah. wife wants to do that. Yeah. I'm so, I'm, we'll talk about that later. But let's yeah. get back to the peeps questions. Any advice for people at networking events? Yeah, specifically going to an event to network. But yeah, I hear, oh, I got so many questions from people of, I still feel awkward, Mm -hmm. like going in there and just going up to people. But yet they said it is a networking event. Right. The premise of networking is a bit paradoxical because what networking assumes is we're going to meet a whole bunch of strangers and then get a lot of value from them. But the typical relationship ends up being getting to know someone. It takes a ton of energy. It is taxing. I don't know how you're going to respond to this joke. I don't know if you just had a bad day. I don't know your personality. And after a long time, then we get value from that person. So networking events kind of flips that on its head. And because of that, you have to be really like, intentional and but also realistic with yourself whenever you walk into a networking event to say we are flipping the normal process of human relationship building on its head and if it doesn't feel natural that's because it's really not that natural it's really a historically we had the tribe hunter and gatherer we had our 60 to 70 people that we got to know throughout lifetime and now we find ourselves in these cities with thousands of people where we're talking to a new person each day and it's uh, phatic communication it's meaningless small talk great i'm I'm all about all of the conversations like the coffee shop conversation i think went beyond the small talk because you're actually have a sequence of questions and you're learning about coffee and connecting with somebody but networking we just have to be real with ourselves if you feel awkward that's okay. Um, I always tell people, don't fear awkwardness. Fear that you didn't add value to the person that you were talking to or that you didn't reveal their value to them. Like you didn't mm. confirm to them that they are valuable because in social situations, we can get real nervous and we can feel a lot of self-doubt. So if we have the meth- like the MO of like, 
I just want to either communicate value to you, like add value to you, or I want to let you know that you're valuable. I think that helps a lot with networking. Yeah. And I just want to know what, what would you do if <laughs> this young man, and I know it happens to a lot of us, they're having a great conversation with someone and they yeah. can see that they're looking at somebody else because there's somebody else that is on the higher ladder. Yeah. You don't want to be a wise ass like me and go, oh, oh, I think you should go over there. Are you? <laughs> or be like, I'll introduce you. Right. Like, I, I think one way to address this is to first, if I were talking to the person who's looking away. Yeah. I think that'd be a great way to start. And what it is, is it's like FOMO, but with relational and social capital. I went to this party, like oh. gathering. Yeah. FOMO, like fear of missing out. Fear of missing out was social capital. So I went to this gathering and there was nine people. Okay. And I started talking to one person and this one person was the guy who invited me and he introduces me to all of the eight people. Now of the eight, I knew one person loosely. Okay. So then there's seven people that I don't know. So I go and I kind of have like little chats with all seven, but one of those seven, I didn't really talk to, and he was kind of in the corner and you could tell that other people were talking to him. So in my head, I automatically think of, oh, wow, maybe this could be the thing that changes my career. Maybe this could be the opportunity. Yet I have these people who are willing to talk to me and in good conversations, but I catch myself like looking at that guy who's sitting over there. And I have this fear that I'm missing out when truly I have someone that I'm talking to and I am 99% more likely to get more social benefits and to get more value that I can contribute to my life after I leave this party. If I actually focus on the conversation, my, um, I just did 10 rules to be better in any social situation. And the first one was setting a goal before you enter conversation to make the person feel like they're the only person in the room. And I do that because it's not content. Like you can say some cool stuff and there's good lines. And like in the fifties, we had the therapists who gave us the structure for use eye language and give minimal encouragers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Shake your head. Okay. But the big thing is being focused, being attentive. That means a lot. So I, I would encourage the person looking away to do that. Don't get trapped in FOMO yeah. because once another person walks in the room, guess what? It's going to happen yeah. again and again and again. So just focus. And I, I'm, I can be, a, like I said, a little wise, but, and I will say things, Oh, did you want to go talk to him? Cause I know him really well. Johnny, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's not a nice person, but sometimes I'm, but now I understand it more. I'm going to have compassion for the person that's looking over there because they have FOMO. They they have a fear of they're going to miss out. And that is the biggest career move they could have if they talk to Johnny. That could be it, right? And now I understand more. Yeah. With fear, with most fear, like it's insecurity in the current state of conditions. There's something we wish we could change and we're scared. So oftentimes it is kind of like encouraging people like, hey, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, like in the moment, you know, you, you probably don't want to do that. If someone's looking away, you're not like, 
hey, I can tell you're afraid that you may miss a really good conversation. I just want to yeah. let you know it's okay. Talk to me. But I honestly, I kind of like your approach. Uh, sure, you want to be kind, but sometimes humor is really good at communicating yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. All right, before we go, tell yeah. us about some of the topics that you have on your podcast or some of the guests. Mm, well, I... In person, in person, Sandy on one day in person. And we have friends in Kansas City. Mental fitness. I'm 45 minutes away from uh, Kansas City, so not far at all. But let's see here. I just had the director of Kansas headquarters for suicide prevention, and he directs the crisis hotline. So I had him for an hour and a half to discuss how do you talk to people when stakes are at an all-time high? What are questions you ask? How do you ask a thoughtful question? Do you ask questions? Do you prompt people? And what this did was it gave me a really good illustration of the power of listening, but also the power of a listening ear. Because most people who call into a crisis line, they need someone to talk to. Mm. Uh, they may not even have access to lethal means and really be considering that outcome for their life. They're just lonely. So it, it reinforced that. I have a lot of psychologists on who are either in the mental health field or they're in the academic space. I've had on like an Olympic gold medalist to talk about what it's like to be uh, teamwork, like the importance of yeah. teamwork yeah. and coach communication. And then had on someone who's been on Broadway to talk about uh, like using energy in social spaces and how to communicate. So it's the circle that I'm really trying to get to is if people were to read every book in the library, listen to every podcast on my, every episode on the podcast, then they'd be equipped to go into social interactions, feeling a bit more confident. I like it, Chris. Yeah. All right, my let's keep it real people. Come on, Chris Miller. He's the bomb. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you. You're the bomb. This is what we're going to do. We're going to tell people every which way they can find you. Mm, well, I am in Kansas. So <laughs> <laughs> you can find me that. Or if you don't want to buy a plane ticket, you can go to talktochrismiller.com. And I have links for my podcast, the newsletter I write, the studio that I run, and then all of my socials. I love it. All right, my Let's Keep It Real people. Chris and I would really appreciate you liking, rating, and sharing this podcast. And you know what I'm going to say. Until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.